You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast guest. This is Sarah, your host, and I'm glad that you've joined us again this week for another episode all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs so that we can all shine our light in the world and basically live our best versions of our life. Um, I, I do want to give you a little heads up that if you are someone who feels that you have that, you know, that undeniable pull to do something, you have a goal, um, maybe you want to leave a legacy or you, just something that feels big and you don't know even where to start on that journey. If you want to join in with other brilliant women and, and have a place to grow and do that work, go to my website and just find the brilliant women's circle information button and join us. We'll keep you posted. Um, we'll be talking more about that as it gets closer to the middle of November. But just a heads up, because sometimes it's easier to go with others who are in your corner and champion you. Um, so today we have a great interview. Our guest is Sherry Fernandez. And before I bring Sherry on, let me um, tell you a little bit about her bio. She has been for two decades a speaker, teacher, mentor, and now she's a best-selling author of the USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. And I love that title, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. And in that story, she tells about her own journey. And I'm going to ask her to say more about that. Um, it's a pretty remarkable story. And she talks about the principles and the tools that she uses has used and continues to use for success. And her book, you know, really talks about the keys we need to know for embarking on our own quest. So we're going to dive into that. Um, and she will leave us with some concrete tips and tools. And I know we'll benefit from her because she has taught these principles to hundreds of people who have also found success and the happiness that follows um, and she has this great life mastery program. So we're going to learn more about that. She speaks to my heart when, you know, just her, her path and her principles. So um, let's just welcome Sherry right now. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. I'm, I've been looking forward to talking to you when I read a little bit about your background and um, kind of the tools and, you know, what you talk about, you know, about habits and success and making dreams come true, but really having uh, an impact for your own life that matters. I just got more and more excited. But as I like to start with all my guests, I do want to ask if there's something that you do every day that keeps you motivated and focused on your own road to success. 
Well, there it is. <laughs> in fact, it's a, the basis of um, how I found, a lot of the basis of how I found success in life. I started keeping a tracking sheet uh, of my daily habits in my 20s. And I still do that to this day. I've added a whole bunch of daily habits. So the habit of keeping a, tracking my habits would be the one thing that I do consistently and always. And there's some of those habits, uh, daily habits that I've had for 40 years that I developed way back in my 20s. And uh, I still do, but the bottom line is that tracking sheet. It's just a simple calendar. It's in my it's on my website in my book, but it's just a simple calendar where you just write down your things you want you want to accomplish every day at the beginning of the month, and you put the days of the week across the top, and you just check them off as you do them every day. And yeah, I live and breathe by that tracking sheet. My clients, people that I coach, that's. We all live and breathe by those. Some of our staff gets together and everybody's got to show their tracking sheet and to keep each other on track. What'd you get done? What'd you miss? Uh, so yeah, tracking sheets is the bomb. It's powerful when you can see that you're making progress or you're not, and then you can ask yourself good questions. You know, how did that fall off? And um, how do you decide what goes on your sheet? Uh, the things that I want, you know, the things I want to accomplish is a system. And that's one thing that's different about Life Mastery is besides the motivation and I think more specific information about what kind of areas we need to set goals in, uh, it's the systems. And if you have a good system, you almost don't even need to set the goals. Like if I want to be lean, fit, have a rock and hot body and sexy and all those things. Um, well, I know that if I do certain things, that will just happen, right? So every day on my tracking sheet, I have work out or train on my, I'd like to say train because it gets people off that exercise thing that's get to be kind of negative, but every day I, my, my body needs a workout. So it's on my tracking sheet. I am, um, I'm a prayer, but I don't put that on my tracking sheet. But I did the beginning, um, reading every day, drinking so much water every day. Um, I have some weekly goals, call my mom. That's all she gets is once a week. <laughs> I call my mom once a week, whether I want to or not. Um, so anyway, those kind of things. I have about 10 things that I track um, that I just do every day. And I've added those. When I started, I did start with 10. You know, I started with three and 40 years but later. Talk a little bit about the power of starting small. And, um, and do you have clients who want to start like, oh, yeah. okay, this is everything I want to do. Talk to yeah, us about so the balance. That's one of the things when I work when I'm coaching with somebody is we got to start we have to find out what's most essential to getting them to feel some control in their life, some mastery in their life, so they can feel like if they can do the other things. But yeah, my right off depends on what they're already doing. I like it if they've already got a habit that we can go ahead and put on there that they're already good at, so they've got success row, right? But yeah, I think we need to start with maybe two, three new things at most. In fact, I'll usually start with two, two things. If you only have one, it doesn't feel great, quite enough um, to track, so at least two. And we'll do it the first few weeks. And depending on how they do, then we might add some more. And sometimes they may stay with two or three for a long time if they're struggling getting them down. But yeah, start small. If you're, what I like to say is this, and I think I put this in the book, I'm sure I did. But if, the, if it looks a little challenging, almost overwhelming, that's good. A little scary. But if it feels completely overwhelming, then it's, um, it's too much. If it feels too easy, it's not hard enough. If you think, oh, I could do that, no problem. Then... Uh, but I usually give them a week or two to see if they're, sh they, and they might say, oh, that looks pretty easy. No problem. But when the you know rubber meets the road. <laughs> yeah. It's the difference between, oh, that looks good in concept. And then right. you're thinking, 
really? I'm really going to be able to start out drinking that much water? I've done that myself. It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm thinking, oh, I can't consume that much right off the bat. I have to lower it a little bit and then, then I can overachieve it. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It, it, there's that tendency to go all after it and then go, that doesn't work. That's not working. Yeah, and that's the other thing. So it's not even the so not just the number of items that are on that list, but the intensity of them. But they should also challenge us. I mean, we can do hard things, right? So we can. I'm not. I not. I don't mollycoddle people very much. <laughs> I have expectations, and and they're always uh, I'm usually the first one to be surprised at what they can actually accomplish. And I think as a good mentor, we call it mentoring more because there's such a, a glut of people coaching everybody. But a good mentor can. Um, understand that person well enough to know when they are pushing themselves and when they're maybe pushing themselves too hard. Yeah. But we ask, I ask a lot of my clients and they, they're often the first to be surprised at what they can accomplish. That's sometimes the beauty of having a mentor or a coach because they can often see our capabilities better than we can. Yes. And see, you know, like I had this one time, um, see what we really want to it's, we think we want a certain thing. Maybe we did want a certain thing for a long time. Now we're just in the habit of wanting that thing. And a coach can help you stop and say, is that still really what you want? I uh, had a client for a while who had been a, a pianist as she was growing up in her early 20s, had, had gotten away from it. And she wanted to uh, start practicing the piano every day. But every week we'd meet together, no piano practice. And so I just said to her one day, do you really want to practice a piano? And she said, you know, I don't think I do. And, but she had, to, she had to go through that process to know it was fine. There's no, she doesn't practice the piano. There's plenty of other things she can do. Uh, but she had wanted to for a long time and just had, had grown away from it. Yeah. Well, probably, and you actually gave her the permission to make it okay to say, I tried it. No, yeah. that's not it's who I am today. I like that story about um, sometimes you have to go down a wrong road before you realize it's the wrong road. And the, uh, if we don't go down the wrong road a little bit, will not know it's the wrong road. Like then we can go back, go down the right road. Like we sometimes need to go down the wrong road first before Always. we be sure that the right road is the right road. Yeah, because if you're only on the right road, some, this is my thinking. If I'm always on the road that's so easy, I'm thinking, what am I missing? Like, what am I not challenging myself with? Yeah, well, it's like, if you're going down the right road, but you're not totally positive, you might say, maybe this is the wrong road, maybe it's the wrong road. But if I've done the wrong road first, I'm mean, gonna go crazy with this, right? This is going to get too far down the wrong road. But if I've gone down the wrong road first, and I can say, yeah, yeah, that was the wrong road. Now when I go down the right road, I'm confident that it is the right road. And that's- Let's talk about wrong roads. Talk to me about your own journey. You know, <laughs> I didn't say this in the introduction, but you've had quite the path. Let's just say okay. that from leaving home at 17. So let's talk about some of your roads chosen, some of them less traveled. Um, some challenging and to the point of living nearly destitute with your husband. How did you go from that to having a successful fitness business and now to being a super successful coach and best-selling author? What, talk to us about that. Uh, you know, I have, have a reputation for being wise and I always think that's because I made so many mistakes. <laughs> Of course, you can make mistakes and not learn from them. And you can grow old. Also, I'm old. And so you know, you grow older and, and be wise. And you grow older and not be wise. But um, I did learn from my mistakes. Yes, you know, I, I had a little bit of a volatile childhood, but it, it was fine. You know, it didn't, I don't think it destroyed me in any way. There were some bad things that happened and a lot of divorcing and marriage and moving and tons of stuff like that. But that, I, I seem to have just 
glide all through that, kind of oblivious almost to that for the most part. And then when I, my, my teenager years were a little more stable. But I graduated, I was too immature to graduate at 17, but I did, I graduated at 17 and then I was kind of on my own. And I was just a lot of passion and desire to touch and feel and see and do everything. And that road took me, that idea took me down some pretty wrong roads. So it was sort of a sex, drugs and rock and roll era. And I, I got pretty much involved in that. There was hippie kind of lifestyle um, is a weird thing. It's sort of like, you know, you do certain things and it, it puts you up the, you think there's no prestige in the hippie culture, but there is, you know, the more you do these certain kinds of things like live without electricity or don't wear underwear, or whatever. <laughs> you move up the hippie, hippie, you know, on the more on the more on the road you are, the more you get tight, whatever it is. So I was doing all of those kind of things and got a, and, and Mostly my drug of choice was alcohol. So I did get into a bit of a drinking problem. Not, it was just starting to get me when I met my husband and we decided to get married, but I'd already had a child too at that point. So we got married and uh, almost immediately I became pregnant. Oh my, about six months later, I became pregnant again. So now we got these two little girls, but he came from the same culture as me. We did an about face. As soon as we got married, we, we knew really clearly that we weren't gonna make it if we continued in this world. So we immediately settled down, um, made some changes in our lifestyle. We started, uh, we, we, my, my long extended family belonged to a certain church. My husband joined it. We kind of got active that way. Started doing some things like that, but we are just poor. We were, Ken was working two jobs almost all the time, and, but we have no skills, right? And I, I've got these two little girls, so I'm doing some daycare and we're still just not putting food on the table. It's like, I think at that time we were living on $500 a month and half went to our house payment. So we're living on $250 a month and feeding this family. And uh, it was, I remember my mom would give me a quarter to ride the bus. I'd ride the bus downtown. She'd buy me lunch and she'd give me another quarter to ride the bus home just to get me out of the house sometimes. So it was pretty tight, but I, I, um, I wanted a lot of things. Like as a little girl, I thought I had big dreams. I thought, I know they were gonna be exactly, but I was gonna love a glamorous lifestyle. I went to a lot of movies by myself, little, little, yeah, eight, nine years old. Um, I just thought that my life was going to be glamorous like these movies were. And so I, I don't know what it was. I just thought it was going to be something great and glamorous. So when I, I get, found myself in this married situation, I, um, I wanted, I still wanted all that. I wanted everything, Sarah, I guess is what I can say. I wanted, well, I was going to be married, which I had not previously wanted to do growing up or have children, actually. I was six. Um, I wanted to be able to have children and have a really nice body at the same time. I thought, I, can, I think it's possible. I can have it all. And I wanted to not have a ceiling on my finances. I, I hate the idea. I hated the idea of having to budget the my, rest of my entire life in order to do anything, right? I wanted to, the freedom, that money. I didn't want a ceiling. I wanted, to, if I want more money, I can get it. Right. and be able to do what I want to do. I totally relate. <laughs> and that my marriage, I wanted, if I was going to be married by darn, I was going to have the best marriage going, which I think I do. <laughs> I think maybe. Um, anyway, I wanted, a real, I wanted a rocking, sexy, warm, close, romantic relationship. And we can, I've always been really close. So that was pretty easy. But I just wanted everything. I'd missed my education, but I've been a debater in high school and I have a, have a pretty good IQ. And I, I felt like I'd missed learning and I wanted to learn and, and learn a lot of things. So I just went to work. I thought if somebody can do it, I can do it. And I went to work figuring out how people are successful. So I started reading the books. I started with Zig Ziglar, see at the top. 
And I just started reading all of the books I could find on motivation. We were, again, just really pretty broke, but we still dig up money to find audio programs and even go to some seminars. I don't even know how we did it. When I look back at the how in the world did we afford to do that thing? But we found ways to go and did experiential uh, workshops, which were terrific, all on a very low budget in those days. But I, I gathered up the information. What I couldn't find were systems, though, like the tracking sheet. Those I kind of made up myself or found a principle somewhere and then adopted it and refined it to make the systems that I share. But anyway, so I applied those, those systems, those practices consistently, my husband too. And I got all of the things that I wanted and they were all, I think this is a good principle right here. When you dream, you can't even dream big enough. Life has more to offer you than you can even dream. All of those things I have more of than I even dreamed I would have. And I had that big family. I've got those six kids and 21 grandchildren. And um, I have a great figure and I have no ceiling on my incomes. I live in a beautiful uh, condo in downtown Boise. And I have everything and this great relationship. I have every, I mean, I'm not saying I'm still growing in those areas, but everything that I dreamed of is life is just awesome. So let me back you up to something you said that you can't even dream big enough for what's possible. That, and I may have paraphrased you a bit. No, that's good. That's, that's accurate. Is that pretty close? Okay. Pretty close, yeah. So did you believe that before you got there and then you walked in faith or did you have these big dreams and think, oh my God, I could have been dreaming bigger? Um, I dreamed pretty big. I don't know that. It, I don't know that I, I, I think this is a true principle. If you have a big dream, which I had pretty big dreams. I think they were pretty big at the time, even at the time. And there was a lot to hope for, for one person who has no money and no, and nobody would have given us two cents for our future. I mean, nobody, when we got married, nobody would have given us, nobody would have bet on us at all. Uh, to, I thought my dreams were pretty big. I think they were pretty big. I just think it's a true principle that if you do the right things you, in the right way, you get more than you think you can get. And so that would be, I guess, the way I would put that. I don't know if I'd have dreamed bigger. I'd have, I, I don't think my life could be, uh, I think I've got just what I needed. Yeah. With that. But That's I remember beautiful. there was a, ah, and we lived in this just old, this house was never nice, even when it was brand new. And we lived in this house and it was just old and it was just old and bad and it was never good. And it was just bad. But around this corner, there was this neighborhood with these nice ranch style homes with basements. They were a nicer version of that three bedroom, maybe four bedroom kind of house that was built in the 50s, 60s, 70s. They were nicer versions of that, but still uh, one level basement, nice homes. I just thought if I could live in one of those, I would just think that would be the best. Like that would be so awesome. Well, one day, some years later, I'm driving through that neighborhood and I'm living in this three-story house in a brand new, in a brand new neighborhood, a beautiful view. And it was still a pretty much a family home. It wasn't like, you know, a mansion, but it was way nicer than those homes. And I think that's kind of a type or a, a maybe a metaphor for how it all went. It's kind yeah. of like that. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. So talk to me a little bit more um, about, more specifically about what is your life mastery? What are the elements? Well, life mastery, the idea is 
Well, you know that feeling being out of control never feels good, right? Like my life is out of control. Do I, are you asking me, do I, I know that feeling? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows I that have feeling. known that feeling. Sometimes I know it more intimately than other times. Right now, I don't have it, but I know it. No, I, and I think we all have that at least moments, if not large periods of our time where we feel like that. Why, why can't I get a handle on my weight? Why can't I get a handle on my finances? My life, why can't I get a handle on my day? My life is out of control. We have those feelings. And even if we get really good at one area of life, our business, if we let the other areas slip, it, we still feel out of control, right? Absolutely. So I can, if I'm really, I'm rocking it in my business, I'm still not making my workouts. I still feel out of control. My relationships at home are suffering and my workouts are great, but my business is suffering, right? So um, in life mastery, there's eight areas. And I, I didn't start with eight areas. But I was, with time, I realized that there were segments that didn't get talked about very often, like character. So it, in life mastery, there's eight areas. And, and to be really, to feel that feeling of I've got mastery over my life, not that I'm a control freak, but I've got mastery over me and my, my life, you have to have it in all eight areas or you don't have it at all. And not that you're gonna always be balanced, but you've gotta be working on all eight areas. So those eight areas are, so I say off the top of my head, um, our physical self, of course, our spiritual self, our relationships, um, money, our vocation, our education, our motivation, our lifestyle. We don't want to wait until we're old and retired to enjoy life, right? So that's something we want to design along the way, but also design something for that later in life. So we want to make sure that we're balancing with a happy lifestyle. There's got to be joy in the journey, right? And then character. Character I added just about the time I started the book. I always felt like I would work with people or on myself. And I thought there's, where do you put the part where I wanna be more careful that everything I say is true? Or where do I put the part where I wanna be a person who stands up for what I believe in a little better? Or where do I put the part about um, being honest in my finances? Maybe I could do better. Where does that go? And I thought, well, if we lack character, we lack too much. And it's too easy to sell out our character for money, for example, or it even is. in a relationship, right? So um, I added the character thing and I feel very good about that. I felt like that kind of, that felt complete then. You know, it's interesting you add that because I think when I look at um, some of the work, that is the piece that's the, it's so foundational because our character and how we show up. So how I show up to my physical health is probably how I show up to other things as well. If my character is not honest to myself, um, or I break promises to myself or whatever, it does have an impact that kind of ripples throughout, but it's so pivotal yeah. in who we are, who we are. And truly, yeah, and who we are and what we need to, what, while working on our finances, we ought to be working on who we are too. And so easy, I think one reason it's important too is we get driven and, and want a certain thing. It's if we want it too bad and we're not thinking about our character, we can lose a little bit of ourself, right? Absolutely. And, and so you compromise. But if you're also regularly thinking about, I've got my character over here, I'm working on that too. So we're less likely to compromise in the other areas and be honest with ourselves when we're working on our character. So I really felt uh, inspired and that that is something unique too about life mastery. I don't think I've ever heard any of the great motivators talk about one area of life as being um, our, our character. but like you're saying, it's foundational, right? It's like who we, how we show up and who we are in everything else. Well, I've been thinking about it more and more just because 
there are a lot of inspirational people and a lot of people who have influence. But when I step back and think about it, I'm going, but I see inconsistencies in how you show up in the world, mm -hmm. which for me is a, it's fine for them, but it's more a sense for me of would I follow that person? Would I trust that person? And that's a character thing. And I look at myself in that way too. Um, and it's, it's an inside job, right? You have to know, you have to know your own values, but also if you know your values and what you stand for, it can make things more clear. Like, so when someone, if you were to say, hey, Sarah, I got this great idea for you. And I'm thinking that that doesn't fit. I know who I am. That is, doesn't fit for my, who I am at core, right? But you don't know that if you don't know yourself and you're not building your character. Cause then like you're saying, it'd be too easy to chase something and lose a bit of yourself in the process. Yeah, and that could be not even just true, just a character, but any of those things to know somebody has a great idea for you. You have to know, does that fit into my life plan? Yes. I've got these goals. I've got a mission statement. I've got these things I'm working on. Does that idea, this happened to me recently, um, someone offered me this business opportunity and they were like, you just have to do this. All you have to do is, they felt like they owed me a favor. And they said, I, this is how I want to pay you back. I want you to just, you can just, I'll do all the work. I'll sell all this product. It'll all go under your name. You know where I'm going with this, right? You don't have to do anything. And I thought that's a good opportunity, ground level on a marketing plan like this. I know how these work. If he's serious and will really do that, oh, I'll make some money on that. But you know why I didn't do it? Because it's not consistent, even though it doesn't even require my time, even that distraction isn't consistent with where I'm going and what I think is right and what I want to do. So knowing that, knowing where you want to go and what your plan is, keeps you from getting sidetracked on all these little, yeah. you know, people who are like that, they've got this going on. And this, most of my clients are like this, are big dreamers and they're entrepreneurs. And they've got a gazillion projects going on. And the first thing we have to do is start trimming those back, finding out where they want to really go and then trimming back everything that doesn't get them where they're going to go. You know, and, and I am guilty of that because I can have a new idea every day. And sadly yeah, I do. Um, or not but sadly, you can but say you can I don't chase them. Pardon? I said, you can let them go though when you don't, when you know what I, I have to. Yeah. And what's helped keep me um, good at that is I ask myself, okay, how does this fit? And honestly, if it was a better, if it, like if something came up and it was, I'm thinking, oh my God, it isn't the wrong road. I really need to pull on this string a little more. I would do it, but I would do it with someone. I would check in with someone to say, just test me on this, right? <laughs> because I know myself, yeah. but um and I also have an obligation, and this goes back to character and integrity, is I work with other people who look to me to be a little stable, right? Because <laughs> it impacts their life. So, well, I mean, I do, I take some consideration in, I take pride in that I can be counted on. But I want to know, you had said something interesting in, about your book, when I was reading about that, um, that there were specific questions to ask, you know, and you talked about what about those questions to help us get focused on what we're doing. Can you talk about the power and potential from just asking why? Yeah, the whole first section is based on why. Um, and that starts right at the very top, like why, why grow? Why move forward? And that the premise there is, it's not a premise, it's, it's a true principle. And I believe it's an internal principle that we are happy when we move forward. So that would be a big why, right? 
I'm happy if I'm progressing and we can keep that in mind. That keeps us moving forward. I talk about big dreams, that's in that section. I find that if my clients, it's not like it's the most important segment of life mastery, but I like them to have a big, come with a big dreams list of at least 50, they never do. But I want, I, I have them shoot for that and then we eventually get the 50, but big things and not limit by, do you have the money? Will my husband support me? Will my children go? I mean, what, do you think about anything, just these big dreams that you have. And I think that gives us the why something to work on and we can say, like I had a client recently, he's like, he's like, I'm having a little too young at mid twenties. And then he said, I'm having trouble with social media. I said, I'm spending too much time like looking at videos on you know social media and stuff. And I said to him, he called me by name. And I said, you have these big dreams. Does social media help you get to those? He said, no, they're keeping you. I said, that's your, that's your thing. You've got to remind yourself, this is not making my dreams come true. And then put the phone down. That why helped him break that habit immediately because he's like yeah my dreams are i'm working on my big dreams i'm not going to get there reading this so so knowing your big dreams um having a personal constitution who you are who you want to be that helps um and a personal mission statement we all owe something back to the world so in a big scheme those are wise on a small one i think more what you were referring to uh, to know our why once we have a plan for our life do you know only five percent of people design their own life that's not very many right everybody wants big things but only five percent or so estimated maybe it might be six or seven who knows but that's it's not a big percentage though not a very big percentage but if you're if you want to design your own life then you do like what you were saying a big idea comes along and you're like does this fit into my plan is this consistent with the character i'm building is this consistent with my relationships we can take a look at that and and accept or reject ideas based on what we've already got established, right? If it fits and we want to take it to the next level, ask our, our people around us and say, what do you think about this? Um, and follow it up for sure. You and I and a lot, so many people, people that do coaching are big dreamers. They've got a lot of big ideas. So we all, we need somebody to bounce them off of that'll kind of bring us down to earth. Absolutely. Well, or to help us, you know, and I don't know if this is, and I'm sure your clients experience this as well, because I know I'm not that unique. But I'll have an idea and I can't necessarily articulate it until I bounce it off of some. I know in my head, in my essence, what it is, but sometimes I have to bounce it off of somebody like a coach or a mentor and then have them say back to me, this is what, is this what you're saying? This is what I'm hearing you say. That's pretty close or that's it, right? Yeah. But it's that whole testing, um, not for permission, for clarity. Okay. And, and then that way other things start aligning much simpler to go yes of course that lines up there it's congruent and the more congruent things are um the easier things just seem to flow because yeah. having somebody like and you have to be careful you share your big ideas with right you don't want to share them with someone who's going to rain on so you have to have somebody in your world my husband's perfect he's a big dreamer himself he's also got a good sense of keeping his feet on the ground so I know he's a perfect person. He'll tell me you know, whether my ideas are, he's very supportive. And mostly he'll be like, yeah, if you like it, go do it. But he's pretty good at putting some common sense into the conversation as well. So he's perfect for me, but a coach or a mentor, you know, you said earlier about not everybody being integrity. This might be a good place to insert this. Uh, you don't want to go to those people either that aren't in full integrity and take your ideas there. I don't think people who are not living the things they're teaching themselves 
are useful to you in that any situation maybe, but that one in particular. Yeah. You can't take this idea to somebody who themselves are not in integrity. And uh, we call it, in, in my world, we call it never, never, um, never hire a fat trainer. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that you're whatever you're trying to accomplish, the person who you're working with is on higher ground. There's th things I won't work with people who um, I'm not going to go into that, but there's people I, I won't, I don't, I won't even read their books if I don't feel like they're living. And I thought when I was writing my book, I thought I was so careful. I, was, I would just look all the time. I'd ask myself, do I know this from my own experience? Have I proven this? Because it's very tempting to come find a good idea and share it as truth, but it needed to be my own truth. And I, I, the closest thing I came to doing that was meditation. I've only been doing it for a few years. So I said in there, I've only been doing this for a few years. This is what I found. So I made sure, but if I, I mean, you know, just shoot me if I ever try to teach something that I don't know positively from my own experience and practice yeah. that it's true. And practice is a humbling experience sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So many people want to learn it and then just teach it without the practice part. Yeah. The practice is the, what's the um, proof is in the pudding. And you kind of have to do it to know it. Yeah. You don't um, really. There's a saying that says, but there's a, in theory and practice, in theory and practice, they're, see, in theory, practice and theory are the same thing, but in practice, they're not. And that's, that's, that's a true clever. Yeah. It's a clever truism. Give me a minute to get it out, but. Thank you for valid. I have that same, like, I, I know it, and then I say it backwards, and I go, no, that's reversed. <laughs> So sometimes my um and my analogies come out that way too. Sometimes I'm thinking, uh-huh, that's not quite right. My husband will go, Did you did you know what you just said? I'm thinking, I know what I meant to say. So anyway, I digress. You know, I when I was reading a bit about your own background, um, it made me wonder for you and for those you're helping, what do persistence and fortitude play along the way? Do they have a role? Oh, well, of course, persistence, consistency, for sure. Persistence, you know, consistency takes persistence and they do. There's a, there's a, a rhythm to developing a habit, which is not exactly an answer to your question, but I think is a little bit. When we develop a habit, we start with a new habit. It's always good to work with the, do the fitness ones, right? Because that's, we can all relate to that. So I'm going to start working out now and I get the new clothes and the new shoes and the gym membership or whatever it is, I'm going to do my new program. And there's a honeymoon phase, which can last like one day sometimes, <laughs> and maybe last a couple of weeks. We get through the honeymoon phase and we're doing face looks all excited. But then you hit what I call the, the doldrums, where you just takes all of your persistence that you've got, all of your willpower, everything you've got to get out the door and make it happen. But if you can get through that phase and the less you miss, the faster you'll get through it. If you keep pushing through, you get to a phase where it becomes who you are. You might still drag your feet some days, but you're still like, I don't want to work out today, but you're still putting on your shoes and going out the door, even while you're thinking it, right? Next thing you know, you're in the car and you're driving to the gym or whatever it is. Um, but getting through that doldrum phase is the key to developing the good habits. We have a limited, psychologist tell us this, we have a limited amount of self-discipline. And at the end of the day, it's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. Now you can increase that with practice of dis discipline, but all of us have a limited amount. So we're trying to build a new habit. It just takes almost all of our discipline to do it. But once you move it into the phase where it becomes who you are, it takes very little discipline. Now you can use that discipline for the next habit or the next thing that you're trying to accomplish. 
So that's, that's a interesting when you were talking about that. I'm wondering, do you, when you're working with folks, you use like triggers? So you talked about, and you were using exercise as an example, mm -hmm. but um, like the trigger of just leaving my shoes visible, where I see them, I'm thinking, okay, those are my walking shoes or my gym shoes. I, I made a commitment to use those shoes. Um, and then, do, so that would be a trigger. For me, that is a trigger. My yeah, that gym would shoes, are my, they precede my clothes. They would help. <laughs> now, some of my trainers, when I had my fitness business, would sleep in their workout clothes. Some of my clients would sleep in their workout clothes and get them the way I dress. And yeah, that would, you know, anything that helps like that. But the main trigger that we have is a tracking sheet. Okay. If I've taught them to use a tracking sheet, now they've got, they know that if they don't go, they can have a blank on their tracking sheet and they're going to see me the next week. <laughs> so it's both a trigger and an accountability. Trigger. That's an accountability. But nice. I mean, I joke about them seeing me that they're the ones that disappoint themselves. It's not, they don't disappoint me. But oh, I know. But when there's that external thing. Yeah, it does help. It helps get the habit done. It yeah. does. That. Yeah, it does. Um, especially for anybody who likes to check the boxes which is almost every, our brain, I don't know if it's our brain, our ego or what it is, but we don't like that empty box. And I teach them to do it a certain way. You get a check if you did it. You get an X if it's not required that day. Like, you know, I, I only work out five days a week, for example. Okay, get two Xs on Saturday and Sunday. That's planned in advance. You don't just get to wake up one morning and say, I think I'll just take an X today, right? If, you, if, you, if your commitment was to work out that day and you don't, you get a blank spot. You cannot believe how people hate those blank spots. I do, everybody does, we just hate it. And then as you go across your month and you see this line of blank spots, <laughs> it's so discouraging. It's good accountability and you can't have a mentor forever. Right. Good, I guess, but in theory, your mentor's gonna be temporary, but learning, so if I can teach them to use the, the tracking sheets, I have some other tools too, we just talked a lot about tracking sheets. If I can teach them to use that and they make that habit, then they've got accountability for life. They'll just do that for life. And I know people do that, I have, I have the, the the tracking sheets are free on the website and I've made those available for years to anybody who wants them, but most especially past, past clients. And I have people I haven't seen in years still every once in a while checking with me and saying, hey, can I get a copy of your tracking sheets? I've lost my, my copy, that good copy. So yeah, that's very addictive practice. It's very great affirmation too of the power of your work. Yes, yeah. So I want you to share one of the things um, we ask our guests is if there's something that um, people might be surprised to learn about you. Now, after having spoken with you, this isn't as surprising for me to learn, but I'm wondering if you will share with our guests. Do you remember what you put, what answer you told me? I don't. <laughs> I, you know, it's one of those things. I, often people don't. I say, you want a clue? Um, give me a clue. It has to do with... Um, participating last year in a contest oh yeah yeah so um i'm 65 um and i when i started writing my book i realized that there had been something i'd want to do all i'd taken off my big dreams this you know i'm talking i'm writing the book about not having regrets um, what i wanted to always do was a bodybuilding competition and uh, now I'm not, this is a, this required, this is a whole another animal fitness, right? This is not even healthy necessarily thing, but to do it once, I wanted to just get on and do it once. And um, so I did, I did that last November, scariest thing I ever did. I mean, I was, I've been on a lot of stages, Sarah. I spoke to all kinds, thousands of people and hundreds of people and dozens of people. And I, I'm, I'm comfortable on a stage, but not that one. It was the hardest thing I did. I got, 
I got a little statue. I placed fifth out of five. <laughs> but I was really proud of myself. It was really hard. And you get up there, I mean, you're not wearing anything, right? And they could Oh my God, I look at those pictures and I'm thinking, ooh, you gotta be brave. Yeah. I had to probably do one more because I think I, I didn't, I was weighing over my head. I didn't have very good, um, I had not taken the time to get a really good posing coach. And the guy that had helped me while well, he was a guy for starters. And, and I, there was just things, I, now I know it, I, I could do it a little bit better. I knew it from a fitness point of view, like as a fitness professional, I knew what that world was kind of about and what it looked like, I knew a lot about it. But again, between theory and practice, being in it, that's oh, a crazy world. It's, um, but anyway, it was during COVID. So there's usually there's a few beginners or people that aren't really like hardcore, but in this one, everybody's like totally hardcore, been doing it for all their whole lives. And I was the oldest woman there. My, my category. Oh, I think that's rocking right there. I like that right there. It's like, okay, let's change the paradigm right here. My kids were pretty proud of me. A couple of my daughters went and they were, they were pretty impressed that I did that. As they should be. As they should be. Hey, so one, one other question I'm wondering, and you talk about having a large family and surprise to you, and, but how important is it to you or has it been to you in your journey to have that community of supportive people who both believe in you, but also challenge you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's important to you know. I think it, we, we're the sum, it's been said, and I believe it's true, we're the sum of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. Unfortunately, we can't always pick all five of those, right? Um, but still, having people in your world, the principle is that you have people in your world that do support you and do challenge you and that believe in your dreams that don't try to pull your dreams down. I think all of us probably have a person or two in our world that looking for a chink in our armor all the time. Uh, you've got to have somebody who just really believes you. So it's been very important. And I've had a nice circle of, uh, well, my husband and my kids were a tight family and I've had some good friends that have supported me. Um, and it's, it means everything. We do this thing called Big Thinkers Dinners and we host them every couple of months, mostly designed for young people, younger people than us, not young, young. But for people who've got big ideas, like we're talking about big idea people, yeah. because it's so hard to have people to talk to when you've got big ideas, right? I'm sure you have a hard time. Maybe. I, I do. I always long to have a group of people that I could just, uh, somebody I could just talk about ideas and we didn't have to talk about window coverings and, you know, weddings and that kind of stuff, you know? So we host these dinners and we just invite people that some of them we hardly know. They don't know each other. And I just we have feed them dinner. I give a rough idea of what everybody does. And I just let them go and they just talk and it is so fun. I'm trying to provide for them those people that they can share their ideas with. Oh, and you're then, creating the environment. Yeah, I'm trying to create an environment. What I wished I'd had, um, which I never did have like this. What I wish I'd had when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, even now. Um, yeah. I don't think we ever grow out of the need to have a place for ourselves to be. I kind of think of it as a a germination place in some ways you have an idea and sometimes just listening to someone else's idea frees up something maybe not even in that moment you know well, but exactly. like the next day and all of a sudden a light bulb goes off and you're thinking ah thanks that was it so yeah, totally that's why i love to do this thing that it gets these guys together women young men and women together and they're sharing ideas and they don't even realize that they're being inspired they're just having nice conversations but they leave with phone numbers or ideas, or uh, later they'll contact somebody that they met. And we're doing one uh, 
we're doing one in September in uh, the first week of September. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a, we've got a nice group coming for this one. So we'll have oh, like 30 sounds, people, you know. And That sounds super wonderful. You know, just having that environment and that I can feel from you that it's very relaxed. Yeah. So sounds like it's taken the best of all of your experiences and then laying it open for other people to just flourish in it. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll share one principle by like maybe three, four minutes. I mean, I don't talk. I, I might get on and talk to him or sometimes we have a DJ song, get on the mic and just say just a quick little something to send them with, off with and then just let them go. And we don't serve alcohol because I don't drink anyway, but we all serve alcohol because it gets in the way. I want them to be real, authentic, genuine, real conversations. Um, reach out, talk to people that they wouldn't ordinarily talk to. It's incredible how successful they are. Well, and people like to share ideas, especially if someone will hear their idea and the way in which it's being offered up. And finding somebody to do that with is just difficult. You know, <laughs> like I said, it's like, you know, I, 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 mean, I love my friends. I love all the people in my world, but yeah, you have hunger for somebody who wants to talk about ideas rather than people and events and, and that yeah. kind of thing. I just want to talk about ideas. I, I learned from someone, I don't know if it was something I read in a book or something, but it was many, many years ago. And we're the same age, so a long time ago. But it was something like, see what happens when you don't talk about other people. Have a whole conversation, but don't talk about people. And what I noticed was if I promised myself I wouldn't talk about other what's going on in other people's lives, you know, I could talk about other people if it was part of my story, right? Like so-and-so yeah. and I did this, but not about, did you know that? And um, guess what? The conversations got really brief because people were always talking about other people. And I'm thinking, wow, it was such an insight to just see that. Not just I'm people thinking, you know, all movie stars, sports athletes right news but no one said hey yours. what do you think about this i have this idea what do you think about this that wasn't the conversation happening and that was kind of what i wanted to hear like what do people think about that kind of stuff so i love your idea so then we don't talk about people in this in fact we don't even guess what we don't know and there's no rules but they don't even talk about covid if you can imagine they're too busy they've got big things and they're doing they've got they're, they're too busy to be caught up and all of the junk that's going on in the world. They want to talk about ideas. I'm pretty careful who I invite though. Right, you're intentional. Yeah. I like intention, intentional. Um, so tell us the best place to stay connected with you. Where do you hang out on the web? Where should people who say, hey, I really want to know more about Sherry and what she's up to, where should they go to find you, Sherry? Our, our website, of course, which is lifemasteryinfo.com. And I'm Sherry at lifemasteringinfo.com. And I'm very accessible. You can, if you have uh, a question for me or you're interested in coaching, we also have some other people who've worked with me for a lot of years who are also uh, doing mentoring with the Life Mastery Principles. If you're interested in that, contact me. Or you just want to ask me a question. I'm really easy. Um, of course, I'm on Facebook. The book is available on Amazon. Right now you can get a hardback paperback and supposedly ebook. I tried this morning. It was kind of weird. I don't know. Hoping it's ebook on Amazon. Um, we can get a hardback autograph copy on the website at lifemasteryinfo.com. The hardbacks may not be available for a period of time on Amazon, but at this very moment they are. Which so I always love hardback books, so I made sure it was available in hardback copy. 
So that's it. Amazon, of course, is not on Amazon. It doesn't exist, right? Evidently. Apparently. <laughs> the oddest it. things. It's like, I know I can find that. It's, I'm, that's on Amazon? Yeah. I know. I guess they, 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 I rarely get tripped. I didn't even find just about anything on there. The oddest things. It's, it's almost a game now. Yeah. Where can we find it besides? Yeah, besides Amazon. Besides. Yeah, I need to be that person, but there I am, you know, because huh? I can always find it on Amazon. We all are. We all find it because, you know, COVID too. We're all mail order. We've got into that whole thing. And I'm happy that that's not a topic of conversation because there are other things also to consider yeah. in this world. Yeah. Sherry, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I, I really enjoyed talking with you. I do think you're inspirational. And uh, I'll be rooting for you when you stand up on the stage this coming here. I, thank you. I hope to see you. Maybe I'll meet you on one of those someplace. I'll be on a stage or you will, and I'll meet you there. That would be fun. Oh, would we be don't fun. live that far from one another. So that would be fun. No, we don't. No, no, not that far. It doesn't feel far anyway. I've been that way so many times. Yep. Just a short desert ride. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Sarah, have a beautiful day and good luck with your podcast and, and the other things you're doing. If I can do anything for you, um, please let me know. I'd be happy to. I will. Thanks. Thanks, sir. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.